0: To big rain peaks with your hosts aiden and Lindsay.
1: so we're here to talk about the next episode of Twin peaks which is season two episode four
0: laura's secret, secret diary, diary uh,
1: which we just found the german name for yes
0: aiden is gonna butcher this, yeah, this is, oh
1: is that my job now
0: that's your job oh, you're so good at it I it's apologize
1: your to the people and language of germany Geheim Tagebuch. Oh my God. (laughs) It sounds vaguely Romanian or something like that. think
0: that was worse (laughs) than the first time. Yeah,
1: that was pretty bad. So, uh, again, sorry to all German speakers everywhere. You guys got a hard language, okay? It is is challenging. It's challenging. It's very challenging. We have no practice. So, um, yes, in this episode, uh, when was it aired?
0: Uh, It aired on October 20th, 1990. Okay. Um, This episode is a unique episode because it's the first one to feature so many writers. Yes. There are four writers for this episode. Jerry Stahl, Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and Robert Angles. So a few of them we know. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mark Frost, co-creator, co-creator of the show. Creator, yeah.
1: Harley, Payton, Harley and Payton and
0: Robert Angles have written for it before. Jerry Stahl is a new face. Yes. And you name, had, face. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a name to us.
0: Uh, and, and we learned something interesting from our friend Harvey. Uh, who you recall uh, was on the show a couple of weeks ago yeah. um, to do a recap with us, and uh, he has some... been doing yes. some amazing recaps of his own on Tumblr, which uh, I highly encourage you to check out. So yes, I will someone. link to this uh, on the SoundCloud page and on our Facebook page as well. But uh, he let us know that Jerry Stahl... Um, has written for other shows such as CSI yeah. and uh, had an interesting secondary connection to Twin Peaks. And I'm just going to read from from Harvey's entry here. Uh, when initially announced, the adaptation of Stahl's memoir, Permanent Midnight, had attached to it David Duchovny, who we'll see directly as DEA agent Denise Bryson in Twin Peaks. Yeah, um, Which is fascinating to me that mm-hmm. they, that they uh, had that. That connection, and um, oh, I have no idea Eventually, Ben Stiller played, yeah, replaced, Duchovny. Uh, replaced uh, David Duchovny, but, which uh, is an odd Cast Yeah, choice, very I odd. I, 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 I'm, I'm going sure. to have to seek this film. Out yeah, because
1: yeah, yeah, because I mean, Ben Stiller doing a gritty. It sounds like it's a. I don't know some sort of drug <laughs> related. Yeah, well, yeah, there's there's some gritty stuff in there, and that's not who I think of when I think no. of tough and gritty. Is uh, ben, Stiller. ben
0: Stiller, no, not at all. But no. maybe there's a side to him we just don't know. Exactly.
1: Or maybe he was terrible in it, and <laughs> that's why we never heard of the movie. <laughs> so. Possibly. Um,
0: but yeah, so apparently Jerry Stahl wrote the initial draft of this episode. This episode, yes. Um, and script, and it was terrible. Just,
1: well, or crazy, or off the yeah. hook. Yeah, we can't really tell. So
0: they brought in uh, some. Frost heavy and everyone hitters, else. maybe yeah, to yeah. to tone it down, but um, there are some elements that that stand out to a lot of people uh, as as interesting choices that possibly are remnants of that initial script. I, I would love to hear more about this. So if you have any more information about uh, Jerry Stahl's involvement and and everything, I would love to hear that. So uh, drop us a link or yeah. let us know somehow. Let us know. Um. So, so yeah. Uh, shall we? Yeah. Go aired into on Oc- October twentieth, nineteen ninety. Yeah. And I believe it's set March 6th, 1989 is when this okay. sets. so All right. Um, not that that's crazy. Oh, and it was directed but. by Todd Holland.
1: Yes. Has he directed before?
0: I don't Term recall. Peace. I don't think I, so. I don't think so. Not yet. I'm getting my episodes a little bit mixed up. I'm going <laughs> forward and backward in yeah. in, in the uh,
1: But, canon, I mean, but. this is uh, the episode immediately after. Uh, the one that we kind of criticized is yes. the, the first episode where we weren't quite as enthralled as right. we had been previously. And this kind of ups the level back up, I found. Yeah, it's... a little bit. Well,
0: things start getting a little bit more interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, at, at the end of the last episode, was when Leland was arrested for the murder of Jacques Renault, yeah. And uh, that was a twist. That, I mean, we all knew because we saw that happen in the season finale. But the previous three episodes, the first three episodes of the season, kind of... Uh, amped that storyline up, with mm-hmm. Leland maybe starting to lose it a little bit. And uh, and that's that's where the Log Lady intro is really interesting this week, I right. think.
1: So let's segue yeah. very smoothly there.
0: Uh, so the Log Lady, yeah, the Log Lady starts off uh, talking about miscommunication, um, which can lead to arguments, arguments leading to fights, and that anger is, is usually present in these arguments and fights. And then she talks about anger being an emotion a negative emotion that can influence the environment um, happiness being the opposite of that that also has influence on us and, and on the environment around us but then that that these things sometimes come from within and, and uh, influence our behavior and then that leads to um, bad behavior basically yeah everything's really
1: connected basically your, yeah. your emotional states and your your internal states and the physical environment and your body are all really tightly connected and, right. and positives in one thing can help, you know, make everything else positive as well. Or, right. or negative, uh, in the case of anger. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I think that's where it's interesting to, to note the relationship between Leland and this this mm. intro, because we're seeing evidence and, and kind of the, the culmination of what looks to be like Leland's break with reality coming through here. So um, which is sad because he's been through a lot in the last
1: yeah. week and a bit. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> or two weeks almost now, I guess. But yeah. So, um, this is one time when I think the Log Lady intro does really kind of tie thematically Oh yeah, in thematically no, it's definitely
1: very, yeah, very well. Sometimes
0: connected. they don't. So, yeah,
1: I don't know. I think most of the time I've gained a new respect for them after we've analyzed the episode. I'm I guess like, it's Oh yeah, true. that ties that back to the Log Lady. Yeah.
0: That is true. So, that's so. well, good. Um. So yeah, do
1: you want to, our quick...
0: Yeah, quick one sentence synopsis from IMDb. Ben Horn asks Cooper for help in rescuing Audrey, and Donna uncovers a significant piece of evidence at Harold Smith's home, which is the diary. The diary. The diary. Yes, which is the last thing we saw in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, uh, yeah. Uh, where do we where do we start off?
1: We start off in the Twin Peaks Sheriff's station. Where
0: specifically do we start inside off?
1: Inside the in, wall. Of, yeah, or in the ceiling, <laughs> it's sorry. something. Well, it's the drop ceiling of the... Is it the, ti- yeah, the ceiling tile or, yeah, or is it a wall tile? No, it's a ceiling tile, I think I'm it's pretty ceiling. sure. It
0: doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're it's inside weird, a very tiny hole. Tiny
1: hole and you're spiraling out of it uh, yeah, in and, reverse. And
0: there's so many things going on. Like there's, it well, there's the sound. Like, well, yeah, it sounds like there's... It, it, it almost sounded like electricity to me. And I know electricity mm-hmm. comes in... Into play Many much times. later on. Yeah, well, and it's throughout. More, though. I mean, more more we've, we've so commented like on it. Firewalk. Yeah,
1: Firewalk with Me takes on almost a, a mythos- right. mythological stance. Um, yeah. But and they're sh-
0: screaming, and it sounded like somebody, like well, a child, sounded- saying "Mommy."
1: Oh, that's not what I got. I I reheard uh, Sarah Palmer screaming "Laura, Laura," in oh. that kind of distorted. Oh, voice. That could have been that, too. That uh, she was endemic to her. Really, <laughs> is that? It's that? all
0: really though distorted though. Yeah, right? oh yeah, The whole soundscape like, is is quite ominous and
1: yeah oh yeah it's very kind of very chilling like yeah. to watch because you really don't even understand where you are for and then, the first five seconds and then
0: yeah while while this is all happening so you hear this this oral landscape being painted for you and then the the camera is twisting out of this very tight hole and it's like cardboard or there's fibers sticking out and you're yeah. you know you pull back and then you realize you're in a tile and then you you keep going co- keep going and then yeah it the camera turns around and it's Leland, Leland,
1: who's sitting there, kind yeah. of, kind of like he's the one who's being exposed to this, this auditory. Yeah, uh, like this is yeah like, a point
0: of view shot of of Leland coming yeah. out from the wall. Like I don't know, I don't know how to interpret that, but well, it's
1: it, it's very reminiscent of. Uh, I mean, the rest of the scene he gets into it right away is well later on, but he talks about uh, the the grief and the suffering of grief. It's almost like this is the the uh, audi- audible sensation of his grief. it's, right. it's like a screaming. It's a ring. It's a uh, Really, really high pitched, kind of painful it's thing to listen roaring, to. Roaring, a roaring. Yes, sound it's like so loud; it takes loudness, over his brain. Because yeah.
0: um, he kind of looks stunned when you see him. Yeah. He looks stunned, and yeah. I mean, obviously, if I mean, I haven't experienced this myself, but um, if you've been arrested for the murder of the person that you assumed was the, m- the murder, murder of, of your daughter, your daughter. Yeah. then you would probably be in a state of shock as well. So, mm. I can only imagine that that's what that would. Be like it's see it's a very very chilling opening scene. It is, and I love it. It's so, um, I,
1: I. Yeah, I I don't know. It's not like it's not a Lynch shot. Like I don't think Lynch would ever do anything like that. But it is very Twin Peaks feeling yeah. still because it, it has this sense of uh, combination of between the characters and the setting and the audio is just yeah. really really. I think that's disturbing. what really
0: that's what really stands out to me is yeah. that that visual cue, but with that that auditory. Noise. Yeah.
1: yeah, and at, w- at one point I, I wrote down just in my notes it was that uh, at one point as it's spiraling out of the, the hole, it kind of resembles like a uh what did I put, a phone handset? One of the uh like in an, an old oh. rotary phone when you had the, the speaker holes in the middle or in the in the bottom where you were speaking mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. up at the top. It I'm looks like one of those, yeah, on the don't receiver. Don't so, um, I don't know. I just it again it's him and transmitting uh, pain and knowledge through technology again. Leland is always the vehicle for that, so I thought it was just another. Kind that of is interesting. interesting. I hadn't.
0: I, hadn't thought I, d- that
1: I don't know. I just saw it this time. I'm like, oh, that looks a lot like a phone receiver. Well, so,
0: and I'm wondering now because those are those are sound deadening or sound dampening uh, tiles. Mm-hmm. That's what they're. they're there's that's what they're there for. Yeah. So, the fact that there's all of this noise coming out of or bouncing around because of these these yeah. sound acoustical tiles. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's something to mm-hmm. to be said about that. That yeah. there's no way to deaden that yeah, sound. Yeah, what that for him. feels like. Yeah, but yeah. Either way.
1: Yeah. So, what are your theories? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they they basically uh, kind of confront him about it, and they, they talk it's to him. A it's a gentle interrogation. It, it is it's a not very well, really,
0: I mean, this is this is a town leader, right? They're, well, the whole
1: scene is remarkably calm. Like yeah. I, I, Leland's response is very calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of I don't know it, it's a very I mean we can't get into spoilers but this is a is an interesting scene for me in in context of what comes up later right so uh, maybe we can talk about it in future episodes a little bit but I find Leland's character here is very very well done mm-hmm. um and especially his his discussion of grief and and how it's it's oh, a yeah. physical suffering it's not it's not just an emotional thing it is literally a physical illness that it's like a cellular yeah pain that it comes from everywhere and uh and i think that's really what the what the audio of the start of the scene is yeah. really mirroring yeah
0: yeah because i and i i love this because you've got uh, who's there sheriff truman is there agent cooper, cooper and deputy hawk um i think is he's Rosenfield not there? no okay no so yeah he's not. um and they're all kind of well hawk doesn't talk but but truman does most of the interrogating mm-hmm. as would makes sense because he's the highest law enforcement officer with jurisdiction in that area. Yeah. Um, and this is not a case that involves the FBI no, at any no. at any stage, but Cooper's there anyway. But they both mention, or Cooper specifically mentions that we, not any of us are a stranger to grief or something along yeah. those lines.
1: And Leland corrects him.
0: Have you ever experienced absolute loss? I doubt if any one of us is a stranger to grief. No, more than grief. It's deep
1: down inside. Every cell screams. You can hear nothing else. Yes.
0: I can. Yes, yes. Leland corrects him that it's not it's not just grief. like yeah. that's what you were getting at Aiden. I think is that it's it's more than that and and it's not something that everybody has access to. No. So it's a unique pain that he's suffering. and it must be a, a lonely pain because you don't really get the sense that he and uh, that he and Sarah are talking about this. They're the only two people who no. really know what that feels like. No. and you don't get the sense that they're really communicating about this either. So no, I mean, Sarah's
1: kind of disappeared at this point. It's, it's really a focused bit. on Leland.
0: Yeah, but um, so it's an, it's an isolating thing that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean it is it is a tremendous scene, and Ray Wise just freaking knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Like I think he As is always. just uh, yeah. such a good actor, and uh, this is this is really tremendous stuff that he does here. Yeah. I also have to say I love the way it just. Because I notice these things, I love the way Cooper's just standing against the wall. I just love the way he stands. I just watch him standing, just the shaking girl's
1: his head. <laughs> oh
0: come on! because
1: he's, he's pretty, anyways. Well, but it is it is interesting their reactions. This is mm-hmm. one unlike last episode. You do get the reaction here, yeah, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's very like telling. Like they are just heartbroken that. Yeah, Leland when he confesses and he says, Yes, I murdered him or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, you can see the, the, the pain and the suffering that they have on their faces. Not yeah. just for uh Leland, but you know, kind of for the whole situation. Just yeah. the, the I sadness mean, it's a, of it. Yeah. it.
0: Absolutely. It's such a, a terrible thing to have happen to this town. And there there's just the repercussions of it are still rippling and they're going to continue to ripple forever. You feel like this is never gonna end, right? Mm-hmm. So um
1: Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. No. I thought
0: it was also interesting that, that Leland didn't know his name before he killed him. He just knew that this guy well, was Well,
1: okay. We won't get into that, but I think I think he did know his name. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, we can get into that in, okay. in the future. Yeah, yeah.
0: alright, cool.
1: So we stay in the sheriff's station yes. and we move to Andy Sperms.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we don't see Andy Sperms. No, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: we do though in the Well, kinda. Kind of, of, yeah. But
0: anyway. Yes, yeah, so so we, we remember a few episodes ago. Um, Andy finds out that Lucy is pregnant, but Andy is infertile. Has
1: been told he's infertile. Yeah. So
0: when he, oh no, that's who it is. It's Doc Hayward in the scene with. It's not. Oh, off, that's right. It's Doc Hayward. It is. Doc
1: Hayward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because Doc Hayward comes upstairs. Yeah. We stand corrected. Yeah. Um, so stands. Doc Hayward comes up the stairs and uh, and Andy. Catches him in the lobby and asks him. It's really cute. He's like, "Is this the kind of test that I can take again?"
1: Like a driver's test.
0: Yeah, and and Don Hayward is just like he's had enough of this shit. Like today is just it's too much. So he's like, just gives him a vial. He says, "Put it in a bag. I'll meet you in the car."
1: Get you, yeah.
0: So Andy's like right now, like he can't believe he's gonna have to do this. So he he uh, he goes and takes a copy of Flesh World mm-hmm. into the bathroom. Well, he's going he, to, and yeah. he bumps
1: into Lucy on the way, and yeah. they, they have the comic spill, and then mm-hmm. she sees what he's taking into the bathroom, and they have a it's it's funny and it's it's silent, you know, they don't say anything, yeah. but the comedy's all there, and yeah. they're, they're at their best there. The two of it's, them. It's
0: it's it's actually one of those scenes that it, like sometimes comedy when it's juxtaposed to such horror. It's, um, it can be, uh, inappropriate. This seems Oh, this is perfectly perfect. appropriate. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. like, it's just enough lightness. There's no, and, and the actors who like Kimi Robertson and, uh, Harry Goaz are like so perfect in that moment mm-hmm. that, that it's, yeah, it's really believable and, and really, um, and really quite funny. Yeah. Also, just uh, I, I have a hard time picturing Andy having to masturbate. Like, that's yeah, just- <laughs>
1: well, well it happens so fast, He comes out in like <laughs> yeah. another scene, like, yeah, very like, shortly right away afterward. And- yeah, but it's great, but yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah, uh, Lucy storms off after this encounter with Andy and meets up with uh, Judge Sternwood, who has been called in to um, deal with the the, I guess, bail hearing. Well, and everything not just to for, for him, Leland.
1: Well, but also Leo. Yes. Uh, as the potential arsonist for the fire, um, yeah, I think those are the two cases that they, they do mm-hmm. discuss mm-hmm. Uh, in future episodes. And this is the judge, and it, he's he's an interesting character. He walks in, and uh, Truman describes him to Cooper as the last of the frontiersmen.
0: Right. Well, he he's he, the, you get the sense, and I don't know how this works in in small towns, but. There's no judge who lives in Twin Peaks and no. officiates all those cases. So this is a guy who has a caravan and he yeah. travels around and traveling. So judge. yeah, I mean Last of the Frontiersman, he probably that's what he does. He lives in his van or his camper and he goes around and officiates these things and yeah. you know, and that's that's what he does. But he also so so they have pri- prior dealings with him, obviously. Oh, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's very a, friendly with he's everybody. He's kind
1: of like a peripheral part of the community. Though, yeah, exactly. He, he comes in and he, he deals with it. So. Yeah,
0: and he talks about how it's, he and Agent Cooper have a a, a little chat where yeah. they talk about what they love about the community, and and it's it's telling because he's, he's obviously been affected by what's gone on in this community, and it's not something that happens every day. So it's unusual circumstances that have brought him to Twin Peaks. Um, but he seems like a like a pretty, pretty cool guy.
1: Well, yeah, and he's he's, he's kind of a an, another authority figure. Like I mean, it, doesn't bit, Cooper yeah. even describe them as federal's, like uh, as <laughs> they're both federal uh, employees? employees. Something. Yeah, something like that. I'm Does not, that come up this episode? I'm or?
0: not sure if that's switched. okay. I don't remember. Yeah,
1: but um, yeah, he's kind of he's the literally the highest authority figure that you meet in the whole series he's mm-hmm. he's a judge well, yeah exactly and uh, he will meet out the justice yes and, justice yeah
0: um but yeah as a member of of the larger community not really a member of the community as we've seen it um he still has some of the courts he's got this this cute legal assistant or what's her name
1: i don't remember i didn't type it down
0: no i have it written down here hold on
1: i think it's a later scene isn't it no it's then no, nope. me turn she, the first one.
0: Yeah, no, he's got this uh, law clerk. Law clerk. Her name is Sid. Sid. Yeah, she's um, a
1: tall, beautiful woman. Yes. <laughs> and of course, Truman is Smith in this particular. Well, but, so yeah. is Cooper. So, it's so Cooper.
0: yeah, I mean, but yeah, uh, so there's there's some interesting. Yeah, he fits in. Going. I mean,
1: I think his character doesn't really expand much Mm-mm. within the series, um, but he serves his role very well.
0: Yeah, and it seems like the kind of kind of character that they have fleshed out. In the back of their mind you Mm -hmm. know like he he fits in organically to the rest of the definitely um the other character that that were is hinted that is going to come in later is the state prosecutor so so things are starting to to roll together in this in this episode uh regarding the legal ramifications of all the things that we've Mm -hmm. um that we've been encountering yeah so
1: far far. yeah Uh, so then immediately after that uh, well, in between, you get Hawk coming in to yes. mention that he's looked into the Robertson re- residence, right? Um,
0: but no one named Robertson. No one, has one named ever Robertson lived has there. ever lived there. Yeah,
1: so it's kind of a bit of a dead end. Like that property is not going to come up again. Yeah, um, but it is, you know it's there they kind of wrap up that loose end
0: and then we get andy with the rushing
1: out yeah
0: he drops his bottle of sperms and uh it sounds uh, like it breaks it does sound like it breaks which is really (laughs) when i first watched it i was just like oh Oh, don't go down there oh who's gonna have to clean (laughs) Clean that up but probably lucy (laughs) oh (laughs) poor girl but anyway um but while he's on on all fours trying to retrieve his bottle there's a, a humorous exchange between cooper and andy where uh, Andy thinks Cooper is asking him to tell Not him about yeah. the bottle of sperm that he's yeah. dropped. But really, Cooper is interested in his shoes. And uh, they're the same brand of shoes that they found at Leo's house. And they're also the same brand that uh, Philip Gerard has, has been selling. So this is that connection again that, yeah. that so between the retin- shoes. Yeah, and, and you're Leo. returning
1: to Mike and Philip Gerard exactly. as, as key, key witnesses to yeah. this whole uh, Bob and yeah. murdering badness so yeah. it's a good redirect and it works great yeah um oh yeah and also there's a good shot of lucy uh cooper's kind of trying to figure out uh what's going wrong with mm-hmm. her why is she upset and there's just a great scene of her like looking at her pencil. and she just oh yeah it away and... no
0: it is it is really funny yeah i think yeah Kimmy robertson is underrated as a comedic oh, yeah. actress she was great she is really great yeah so i can't wait to see her in season three i know it's gonna be <laughs> awesome um so where do we go after this?
1: Uh, next, we go to the Great Northern. Yes. And you get the the world's first, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the first walk and talk. Well, and it's the, even
0: referenced yeah, as a walk Yeah, he calls and and talk. it. He's like, Mr. Horn,
1: Walk and talk. And it's him and his assistant. Who I think this is the first time we meet her.
0: Yes. Well, um, she might have been in the background, but this is her first, yeah, time, speaking. first time speaking. Yeah, first
1: time speaking. And so she... she Louie is her name. Louie is her name? I think.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, she gives him a uh, breakdown that there is a food critic coming in called M.T. Wentz, who yes. nobody knows who... He or she is mm-hmm. what what he or she looks like because uh, he just uses cash and
0: not even the people at the paper know. Yeah, what exactly. They M2M's just get the articles
1: like. sent in, and yes. so she wants to have something ready so that in, in case someone shows up using just cash. Uh, she can direct them to like the best restaurants and try and get a good review so that you know Twin Peaks tourism picks yeah.
0: up a little bit. So. and and Ben thinks that this is just a tremendous idea, and yeah, and uh, so we get this little side plot yeah. developing with yeah. this this front desk clerk who is adorable. Yeah, I love she's her. so she's cute. Really
1: she's just cute. so she's so energetic, and she yeah. loves the idea of it. Um, and even Ben though it's great because he's he's like oh you've already done a. It's not even nine <laughs> o'clock, and you've already done a good day's work. Right. And then he just—he's like, "Oh, this this crazy chick here," and like he just kind of writes her off and and walks away. But yeah. but
0: then we get Ben in his office. He, yes, we follow him. This him is another one through. of those interesting episodes where we follow characters from room to room, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's I, I like it when they do that because it's yep. not a feels more like continuous rather yeah. than a soap opera. But
1: yeah,
0: uh, yeah, we follow Ben to his office, and Jean Renault is there, mm-hmm. and uh, he. He's brought a tape of Audrey from When I Jacks, and um, and he wants he wants to be Ben's partner. Okay. It's,
1: it's con- kind it's, of a confusing setup. It is kind of confusing. Everyone's, he's setting up Ben, so he's lying here, so it's not really what he wants, um, but it is kind of what he wants. So he basically says, oh, well, we can be partners together to get this all sorted out. Um, you just have to help me get Cooper to deliver the money. Right. Um, and... Then we will deal with Blackie together.
0: I think is I think, kind of the implication. Well, it's it's it reminds me. It's like the Mill plot. It's the Mill yeah, version 2.0. It is, that it's yeah. it's it starts off with people with their motivations are already
1: convoluted. And, yeah, and, and they and when they, when they
0: when they voice their uh, their plan, the plan is already in motion. I, yeah, it's hard to explain. It's yeah. it's but yeah, I think you're right that there's. Um, well, we know that Jean and Blackie are supposedly... Well, they're in on this because they want to extract the money for Audrey's ransom, yeah. $125,000 to get Audrey back.
1: But then they're going to kill Audrey anyways. So. Supposedly.
0: <laughs> but they want, they're want they working together against Ben. Jean wants to work with Ben against Blackie. So it's a, it's literally the Mill plot over yeah. again. Yeah. It's true. So yeah. I don't know if this was just... Um, they were trying to draw that parallel. I mean, it is Twin Peaks. There's always doubles everywhere. Yeah. Is that what this was about, or was it just lazy writing? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I can't tell either. It's
0: not. This is this is a much more interesting plot in my mind. I like the characters involved more yes. than I like the mill plot. Yes, it's true. Um, I think uh, Jean Renault is is pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like him a lot.
1: And I, I get the sense that Jean is really with Blackie. Everything else is just playing. It's not like how Ben was triple crossing people yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff. That that. The whole mill plot really got out of hand, especially near the end. Uh, but there's
0: also that other motivation of like Jean and Blackie had a relationship in the past yeah, too, yeah. which makes it interesting. Um, and now Jean is with Blackie's sister. Yeah. So there's there's it's still it's yeah again very convoluted, but but at least it's more interesting than yeah than the mill plot.
1: And uh, sorry, there's just one shot there when uh, Jean Renault is showing the video of Audrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of interesting because it's video on video which is always kind of interesting mm-hmm. and then in the background there's there's a painting um of a woman i believe oh okay. so it's kind of a it's just kind of a nice little visual you know me and my my little weird <laughs> shots that i enjoy just right. for the the aesthetic appeal and i thought that was just a, a good one cool for another i
0: did not notice that odd episode so yeah okay. um and uh yeah and then obviously yeah jean uh, has Footage of Cooper at when I Jackson. Yeah, he, wants and he says, "Yeah, make sure this man, man to deliver, deliver the, money. the the money." Yeah. So, yeah, we get that's, to that yeah, that's the end of that scene. We go to the double R. Double R. Uh, and we get is this is this Hank trying to flirt with Donna? Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, and then and she Donna just, cuts just him shuts him down. him down. That's so
1: great. But oh, it, he but wouldn't but understand. Almost,
0: but I almost get the sense that Hank likes it. Really? I I thought so. He was kind of He's I don't like, know oh. maybe maybe. <laughs> I don't know how to read it, but uh, it was it was a fun scene, and I I kind of start tuning Donna out. I'm not no, yeah, lie. no, it's true. I, um, she she's talking about Meals and Wheels, and
1: she how she's gonna go see Harold again. Yeah, He's oh yeah, right. He's more interesting as a shut in, and it's yeah. Anyways. Yeah,
0: but uh, but yeah, this was the first time I ever really paid attention to their to their conversation, and I I kind of liked it. It was it was an interesting exchange. Well,
1: Hank makes it good. Like I mean, Hank is just. He's such a two-faced jerk that everything he's in, you know you're going to get what you're going to get with him, yeah. and it's always entertaining. Yeah. No, it he's is. Just, he's such an ass, and yeah. and he's a fun one to watch, though. He's, yeah, he he's is. He's funny, and he he has his uh, his odd wit yeah. about him and yeah. stuff, so yeah. it's good. Uh, but then he talks to it, his, well, yes. his boss.
0: Yeah, Norma. His, Norma, his wife. <laughs> also his wife. <laughs> Who? Well, Norma has just heard from the front desk clerk yep. at the Great Northern about M2N's coming, and... Uh, he, Hank takes it upon himself to class up the joint. Yeah, he's going to class it up. Which I I thought that was interesting because, I mean, we know that, that Hank isn't really that invested in... Well, honestly, he's not invested. He might be, you know, on the surface invested in this, but... Well, I don't know. I think...
1: See, and this is the thing that's good about Hank is, like, I think he's honestly trying you to do, help. Hey? I, think he's, I think he loves Norma. And he's going to do what he can to, to try and improve her life and the double R. And I think he wants to reintegrate with her and win her back and be honest. But he, at the same time, his real livelihood is being a, a criminal jerk face. So <laughs> he, that's that's what he's going to do as is well. Is that what it says on his business card? Yeah, exactly. Tank Jennings, just, criminal just jerk, a, jerk face. Just like a face with like a black eye on it. <laughs> uh, but and that's... that's I don't think he has any problems about trying to live both of those roles at the same time. And that's well, why I've always liked Hank as a character, because I feel like he's genuinely trying to be both and he doesn't see any problem with that. You uh, know, yeah. obviously one will eventually get him in prison. So I don't know.
0: I, I don't know. I just, cause I see this, this scene when he, when he tells Norma to call Ed and to, and Norma questions him, like, why would I call Ed? Yeah. And it, I don't know what, what the motivation for that is. He he shouldn't want his wife to talk to her lover. Is he saying this to get a reaction from her? Is Possibly, he saying yeah. it because he doesn't care? I, I don't believe that he doesn't care. I think he is trying to get a reaction from her. Maybe. But I don't, I don't, like, maybe you're right. Maybe he is trying to play both sides. Well, I mean,
1: what could be worse for Ed, who he hates, than to hear Norma call him and say, hey, can you keep an eye out for a food critic and not talk about how much I she guess. loves him? Like, it's kind of, it could be a shot at Ed as well. Maybe. It's not just for Norma's sake. Maybe. Um, the, the one thing I thought was really interesting about the scene, and again, it's Hank, is he's, all his actions are very punctuated in this. Mm-hmm. He opens the the change drawer and there's a loud bang. Mm-hmm. He flicks the bill at her um, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's like, oh, I'm going to spruce this place up. Even like his stupid line about the 4th of July, right. uh, Christmas on the 4th of July. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, he smacks the the dispenser to get his toothpick. Right. His his actions are just very punctuated. And it's very it's very it's kind harsh. of like a yeah. It's it's even though he's being as positive as he can, Hank is still just a loud brutish creature who slams things yeah, to get yeah, what he yeah. wants. Um, even when he's excited. Yeah, even when he's excited and being positive and nice, like yeah. he can't help but be. Kind of just an overbearing douchebag. I thought that was just a great way of playing that scene. I I think that was all just the actor just being like, "Yeah, this guy's not going to do anything quietly, or anything. He's going to be, oh, and he's going to take charge and." Like, he doesn't ask her. He no, doesn't say, like, no, oh, do, you want, do you, you want to trick male. this thing out? Yeah, he's just like, no, I, I came up with a well, great idea. Well, and is
0: very suspicious of that yeah. initially. And yeah. she warms up to it, and he gives her this big kiss, and it's yeah. like...
1: Well, because he's, he's warms her over. He's good, yeah. at it, he's charming. He's, but he's, but that's, he's,
0: that's what I mean. Like, I don't I don't think he's doing it honestly. I think he's trying... He's a con man, and he wants to con her. He's conning oh, oh, her.
1: Oh, for sure. But I think at the heart of it is a desire to win really? her back. Mm-hmm. And that's how he does it. That's how he got her, probably, is, is being this this kind of alpha dude who's who's trying to help her in some way or another and gets her dependent on him. So I don't know. Maybe. I, 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 Maybe. I really I do love this scene just because Hank is Hank is a great character. I love
0: him. Yeah. No, he's you're awesome. right. I, so. I have a newfound respect for, for yeah. Hank. A grudging respect. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> there it is, yeah. Um Yeah, so we we go follow Donna right away to Harold Smith's place. And I have written in my notes just creepy Harold. Yeah. And he's very creepy. I mean Harold is is clearly <laughs> mentally unwell. He has mental health yep.
1: problems. Yeah, another character has mental health problems that yeah. don't get addressed.
0: Agoraphobia and and maybe other things, OCD yeah, or, yeah, or something. Like there there could be we're not going to diagnose him, yeah. but he's he's clearly not at his best mentally. And
1: right away he's drinking with an underage girl. Yeah, like, which
0: I thought was like just odd decisions that he would make um yeah. And and the fact that he reads from Laura's Secret Diary and reads a very inappropriate... Yeah. I mean, most of Laura's Secret Diary, I he imagine, is, is going to be inappropriate. Yeah. Why would he choose to read this to her best friend? Yeah, he's like, and it then seems appropriate. Surprised. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the really That it was inappropriate.
0: Thing. Like it's it, almost like he's trying to get, like oh like no, Hank trying to get a, oh no. a rise out of someone. Oh, no,
1: he's trying to seduce Donna with this. That's the whole thing. I yeah, mean, his exactly. whole purpose of being here is to say, like, from the very first moment they met, he's been creeping on her. Mm-hmm. And this is just another step in it. Um, the alcohol, first of all, being well, an obvious yes, thing. Well, yes, exactly. But he, I, and it's funny, because he fancies himself as kind of like a writer. He yes. he, he chronicles the lives of the people he around He says him people
0: tell him their stories. Yeah, and
1: then he writes them down. And, and I, I think he's trying to channel, like, some sort of, like... Hemingway, womanizing guy, romantic like, poet yeah, type, yeah. you know, tortured and soul. Exactly, and and he's gonna, he's like, oh, you should love me because I'm so tortured and all this right, stuff. Right, right, right. And it just comes off as creepy, like to uh, us at least. I don't know, maybe maybe in the nineties, people were a little more open to the creepy writer dude.
0: <laughs> well, I just think I think it's more that we're we're aware of how these things. Well, how it's kind used. of a bullshit well
1: method of seduction yeah it's, i mean it's, it's it's yeah
0: we've all seen you know or know someone who's been catfished or you know stuff like that I where don't know what that means where someone presents <laughs> as something but there's something else behind oh that, oh right? yeah okay you know okay uh especially when it comes to dating and, and you get like you know fake tinder profiles and people using you know it's 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 a whole thing right
1: yeah. um well i don't think I don't think harold's being anybody but himself here i think it's just right no and that's, is, that's that's, that's yeah. my
0: point is that in in that at that point in time this was an honest persona that somebody would uh, uh, to be crude about it like if if harold were out at a club doing this i would have no problem calling him a fuckboy. boy like that's what he is he's he's using a persona to get a girl to sleep with him well i, I think
1: that is his persona it's just like is that really why someone would sleep with you is because you read their their best friend's weird erotic no, diary entries? No, I think that's, like,
0: I think that's him misjudging the situation yes, and yes. I think Donna's intelligent, well, more intelligent than maybe some of the other oh, girls yeah. that he this might work on. Yeah. He, for some reason he thinks that this is the way he's going to And I don't think okay, so I'm not going to demonize someone who has a mental illness. Um, he's no, not no. he's not someone who is you know, he's a
1: predatory. Well, like well, he's days,
0: the, but, but he is predatory, and that's yeah. the thing. I don't know if he knows he's predatory. No, and I think
1: he's so starved for attention and human interaction yes. that he's he's taking this one chance. Like, oh, she's pretty, and I like her. I'm gonna turn on the
0: maybe the afterburners. Maybe, and it's, yeah. And I mean, there's. I know you haven't read the the secret diary of no. Laura Palmer, but um, in that book, it's it's referenced that Laura and Harold did have a sexual relationship. Mm. Um, so is this. Is this another instance of of a man wanting to recapture something with someone that reminds them of Laura? Is this like Jacoby with Maddie? Yeah. Or James with Maddie. James with Maddie. Maddie. <laughs> Anybody
1: with Maddie, really? Even
0: Donna with Maddie, like yeah. wanting to be her friend again, right? Yeah. So is this is this Donna's turn to be lusted after because of her connection to Laura? I don't know. Um but but so. I I will say that it is it is really unsettling that the, the lengths that Harold goes to, um, and the inappropriate things that he does in order to gain Donna's trust.
1: Yeah, I mean to get to be fair, the next time next two times we see Harold, he really is quite disturbed and you yes. you do get that.
0: And I don't think that uh, Donna realizes... The extent I, I, of that. Maybe, yeah. maybe I, w- I misspoke earlier when I said she's smarter than this because not I'm not disparaging her character. I'm just... I think that she's so caught up in the mystery that she doesn't see the warning signs that this yeah. is somebody who is disturbed and probably should not you should not be there having dinner with him late at night you shouldn't be drinking wine with him yeah. i mean this is someone who has evidence and she she does confront him about it yeah. she like this could be evidence that the diary itself could be evidence and he says i've read it all there's trust in me there. there's nothing in there but that should have been a warning sign that yeah. she should have you know and yeah I, I i just what is his what is his goal what is his his, well, his goal hope to for sleep this?
1: With her. i think that's it i think that's that's all yeah and it's kind of sad because um, once again he's a character who with mental illness who you don't get a full exploration of their character i mean at least nadine you had a a good arc and sweep with her and we've Mm -hmm. talked about this in the first season especially Harold's. you get him is basically just this typecast loner uh recluse who is basically creeping on donna every Mm -hmm. single scene Mm -hmm. he's in and it's it's kinda sad because you, you you don't really get a sense of why he's like this. You right. I mean nothing you get nothing about the origins of his no. his illness. Or well and even anything. even with
0: Nadine, the origin that you get was from somebody else. It wasn't from her. That's true. At least in this case you get a little bit from Harold, but but it's still only part of the picture. Well, and yeah, and
1: it, it's not even just the origin is no. that important. It's it's more that you, you get a you get a sense of hopes and aspirations beyond right. you know, just the bad parts or the odd parts or the parts that are affected by mental illness like Nadine has her her drape runners and I guess Harold you've got his his horticulturalism but it's not like he's he never seems to do anything with it except for give a flower to Laura's grave right really that's the only thing he ever yeah it's not like it's a, an overriding drive for him the way well but none of, nothing are.
0: can be he's he's uh, shut in like he's
1: well but he could still have other interests like he could sure. actually say oh I'm working on a novel based on the right. people of Twin Peaks or I'm gonna be selling my orchids on on eBay in yeah. <laughs> 1990 <laughs> or something yes, you know before the internet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Him and Al Gore are gonna invent the internet, <laughs> so he can build it. Uh, but I mean, you, yeah. you, you get nothing else from him. He's no. literally just creeping on Donna every scene, and it's yeah. it is kind of sad.
0: Well, yeah, and 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 that in that sense, he is just another person with mental illness who is uh, used as a means to an end. Yes. This is just a, yes, he's
1: just a gateway. yeah. he's just a way to find the secret diary of Laura Palmer. Yeah. really.
0: Yeah. yeah, and to put Donna in some danger, which you know gives her a central plot line for. The next few episodes, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's creepy, Harold. Yep. Uh, we get uh, we go back to the Great Northern at, at this point, and uh, and Ben has called Cooper, in, and he's uh, watching the the video of Audrey, um, and Cooper it, it, Ben asks Cooper to take the money to him, and, and Cooper rightly asks him why he hasn't called the police, and mm-hmm. um, there was no mention earlier of of the police. Not being allowed to be involved, so this is this is Ben being dissembling. You know, this is yeah. Ben at his best, like trying pretending to be concerned when we know for a fact he's not. Well, well he might be a little bit, no, but this is.
1: I think he is. I mean, why would he give up 150 grand? If he... Okay,
0: but is he okay? Is he really concerned for Audrey, or do you think he's concerned about his business interests?
1: Well, how is business interest... Well, because Jean Jean
0: has told him that that oh, things aren't right. being yes. run the way that he wants them to be run. Yes, yeah. So I mean, what are his actual motives? I think it's a little of both, but I think it might be more about the business. That's he hasn't very shown possible. a lot of care towards Audrey. Yeah. We got some hints of it like midway through season 1, but it, you know, By this point, like, he didn't care for two days that she was missing Mm -hmm. and was very callous and condescending to Cooper when Cooper asked after her a couple episodes ago. So it's, yeah, I I have trouble buying that this is only about Audrey's Mm -hmm. well-being, which is really sad because she's, you know, tied up. And being injected with heroin in a video that that was sent to her father and the only person who seems to show any concern is Cooper and and he looks gutted right so and he of course he's gonna agree to take the money across the border and 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 try and get her back right yep but yeah so what is Cooper gonna do do with this information we'll find out soon. very soon (laughs)
1: Uh, so then we get we go to the Blue Plate Lodge
0: blue plate lodge (laughs) that's not it is it no the The blue Blue pine Pine
1: lodge Lodge. that makes much more sense i you
0: know we should really change the name of this podcast to aiden gets all the names wrong
1: (laughs) all the time all the time and his germans terrible (laughs) uh so we go up to the blue pine lodge and uh josie returns
0: yeah this is the first time we have seen josie all season yes all season uh
1: she's returned from seattle and she meets pete um and you i mean a little bit of plot stuff happens kind of like you kind of question josie's motives a little bit
0: well she she returns and she doesn't know that Catherine is well, dead. exactly
1: that's the but big we thing know she scene. knows
0: Catherine is dead yes. or that at least Catherine isn't yeah. around yeah. they haven't found the body like yeah. Yeah. she was part of this whole plot but she plays it so, so well.
1: well and and you really get the sense i mean i love josie more and more every time you see her because you get the sense she's just going deeper and deeper and yeah. at the end by the end of this episode you're like oh yeah She's a yeah, deep. Yeah, and, and she, she does not like care. She no, so, it's, so it it does
0: make her really fascinating as yeah. a as a female character, a person of color mm-hmm.
1: in 1990. Color. Well, yeah. aside
0: from Hawk, I guess. I guess you, yeah, you know, you yeah, yeah, sure. Um, for her to be this scheming and and strong and willful, uh, it's, I mean, it it does get subverted yeah, later does, on in the yeah. season, but. But still, I mean, she's.
1: But even then, she she's still scrappy. Like she's still yeah, fighting. Yeah, no, and totally. Like she's just in kind of a terrible situation. Is yeah. how it turns out to be. Yeah. Um. But scenes like this are just just great for her character and watching her kind of just play with people and toy with them. And uh, I forget is this? Do we see um, Truman? Is he there? Not for yet. Or not? No. Okay, they no. meet a little bit later. That's yeah. right. Um. Yeah, I also I just love Pete's reaction. Pete Yeah, again. of course. Jack Nance. Amazing. He's him and Ray Wise should just they should have just done a movie, just the two of them, just <laughs> chatting all day or something. Aww. That would have been great.
0: We jump back to the one-eye jacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Audrey is brought in to see Jean Renault mm-hmm. and she accuses Emery Battis of hitting her. That was wrong. It will never happen again. As long as you're with me. Do you understand? Spoke with your father this morning. You're in no danger. Everything going to be fine. You do trust me, don't you, Audrey? And there's just see, some scrabbling back and forth, but, but situation. Jean kills Emery in this scene, right in front of Audrey, and and this was teased in, in the end of in the like. Yeah, next, the, the time next time on Twin turn Peaks, yeah. you almost think that Audrey was the one who was going to yeah. get shot. And you don't even know in this scene until you see Emery fall to the floor with blood coming from his mouth.
1: Well, yeah, it's all like, OK, so this scene, the the best thing about it, all my notes are about uh, how it's shot. Sorry, you're going to hear me talk about the shot again. But it's very, uh, it's like you're, you're, it's almost from uh, Audrey's point of view, it's almost yeah. like you're high. Uh, her head is lolling around she can't control it mm-hmm. uh the visuals are all kind of warped and and time dilated and stuff um and it's really about separating you know her body and her uh emotional self they're both ill to go back to right. the to the log lady uh and so she's kind of experiencing all this through the haze of of drugs and that's how the camera presents it as well all the audio is kind of delayed her reaction is delayed yeah wait when uh you hear the gunshot go off she kind of jumps but she doesn't she's not really scared for a couple seconds until she sees emery um well and then
0: jean comes over to hug her and that's when she starts crying so it's it's but you're right like that it does tie back to that uh to the log lady in that sense because it's 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 a way that her physical illness and it's it's a
1: yeah, it's literally drugs being injected yeah. into her system. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's
0: affecting everything about mm-hmm. her environment, her perception of the environment, which is her environment. Like you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all. That's all it's you all, have when you're. Yeah.
0: So, um, it's genuinely, and it's it's a really sad scene, as far as I'm concerned, because I really feel bad for Audrey being stuck in this terrible situation and seeing someone get murdered is... I (laughs) thought you were
1: going to say you felt bad for Emery. No! (laughs) Okay. Screw Emery. I kind of feel bad for him. He's such an incompetent idiot. I mean, he was just doing what he was told to find... Okay, like, he's a terrible... That sounded terrible. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But literally, like, he's just a spineless wimp who's doing what he was told. Like, he probably was literally just the manager at the department store. And then they're like, oh, yeah, find us some girls. And then, you know, gives them an extra doubles his salary or something like that yeah but still he's I just mean, another man responding to financial incentives as were the women yeah moving on
0: uh we get the sheriff's station again
1: mm-hmm. um
0: i have okay where, what, what starts, okay what so
1: so i don't i don't even remember i don't know what it oh, opens well, with but it's cooper trying to confront lucy about her relationships and right, Andy.
0: Andy and Lucy have a, a spat, mm-hmm. and Cooper intervenes, sends Andy outside, which is really cute. He yeah. just starts pacing at the doors, yeah. which is very Andy. Um, but I love this. Cooper does his level best to fix the situation in a very and, direct, yep,
1: mature, you know, rational way. Lucy.
0: I think we're at the point where it would be healthier for everyone if you got whatever was bothering you out in the open. Yes, and and because this is Lucy and no. Andy, there is no direct rational way to deal with this problem. Well,
1: it's an emotional problem well, that of He's course, trying to deal with her Of course, again. and
0: that 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 too, exactly. Like I I I think Cooper probably has a little bit of a problem dealing with emotions generally because they're not rational and he sees the world rationally. Yep. Just like he sees this problem rationally. Yeah. But it is not fixable, and he I think he makes things worse, and um, Lucy storms off, and Cooper apologizes to Harry, and it's uh, yeah, it, it's end a, scene. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's great. Basically. I, I have a note here that he likens Lucy's love life to a highway. Does that ring any bells? Okay, maybe we'll cut that, because I don't remember. It was like mm. he made some sort of metaphor of what her – nope.
0: No, nope, I'm okay. really not. I'm really okay. blanking then we'll, on that. we'll just cut that out then. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes. Then Sheriff Truman comes out, and uh, oh no, because you're right. Because they they talk about the uh, Sheriff Truman. Sheriff Truman is the one who says that we've all been down this road before, and he's like the hi- it's like the highway out. Oh yes. Out, out wherever with the potholes. Like yeah. First good yeah, okay, rain, yes. it, yes, it wipes know. them out. Anyway. Which is not.
1: I just thought that was odd. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's well, odd. it's it's an interesting metaphor. So. Uh, so Sheriff Truman does come out to see uh, what's going on, and Cooper, having just returned from the Great Northern with thoughts of this ransom drop on his mind, uh, asks Sheriff Truman for help from the Bookhouse Boys, um, which means that he's bought into this idea that that the police, if the police were to show up, it would put Audrey in further danger, which I think is a little bit of a I don't buy it. I don't. I don't know. I just. I think this is another one of those in the long line of bad decisions that Agent Cooper is yeah. making, uh, because of. I, I. don't know. Is it. Is it because his emotions have gotten the better of him? Is it because he likes the the idea of, of the the danger and the the lawlessness of what the bookhouse boys represent? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but um, but it seems an odd choice again, a, a bad decision, uh, and it has massive repercussions later on in the season so um, for Cooper to, to ask Sheriff Truman for his best man to help him out meet him at the roadhouse at nine so that they can talk about this this top secret you know better you don't know about it mm-hmm. thing it's just I don't know yeah I mean it it makes me wonder how good an FBI agent agent Cooper actually is
1: well, yeah. It sounds like if he has the FBI, it is supposed. To, wouldn't he like set up a sting to get yeah. the the guys at the exchange? Yeah, like, he'd
0: call Gordon or he'd yeah. call someone and like, be give like, "Give me twenty
1: agents, exactly with assault rifles, and we'll take right. these guys out." Like, like I don't. It, it doesn't don't make know why any sense. Yeah. That
0: that this would be the way he would go yeah. about it. And he mean, has to
1: go outside the law. It doesn't yeah, really make sense. Yeah. No. And, so. and
0: and and yeah. It's a yeah. It's not. Odd... But it does make for good television. It does. So that,
1: that it does. will so. we'll, we'll I guess we'll allow it. Mm-hmm.
0: So we jump from there to the double R and a portly gentleman with a cowboy hat on walks what? into the double R and, and there's Norman this adorable and scene. It's, yeah. it's Norman Hank kind of, so it's, I know you like to talk about the shots. Can I talk about yeah, the shot for yeah. a minute? I so, almost. so you've got, this this guy in the background and then you've got Norman Hank in the foreground and they're conspiratorially yeah. right next to the to the camera almost like, like one, oh, okay. is that MC Wendels? Oh my god, that's him. Okay. And and they they go through this whole thing and it's really quite cute that yeah. Norma goes over with her menu and she's prepared. Like and they put yeah, like tablecloths nice. and there's candles and i think the music is nice yeah, like, <laughs> yeah yeah so they made this place totally not what it is and uh she goes over prepared to tell him all about their their regional dishes the specials that she's cooked up and he's nice like specials this evening. i'm
1: sure you do but i'll have a cheeseburger medium a coke and some fries
0: and she's just so heartbroken yeah. almost and and I will admit, Hank in the scene is really sweet. Cause he's like, "No, no, no, it's okay. It's probably some food critic trick, <laughs> yeah, you know." Yeah. And it's really, it's really sweet because he's trying to make her feel better. And and,
1: and then the he gets up again and he approaches. and He's like, "Bathroom." He has this yeah. like really comical, just quiz like, quizzical ask for the bathroom. And Hank's just like, "Oh, right this way, sir. Uh, we just finished painting it, and uh, it looks really nice. Uh, it's completely
0: private. Yeah, follow me." Just goes into way too it's much detail so, for a bathroom. It's so funny. Like they're just yeah. so. Uh, I love I love using this word, but they're so overly. Mm-hmm. They're just overly everything, yeah. <laughs> and it's really great because yeah. because this must mean so much to them. Yeah, right. Well, especially
1: Norma. Um, to right? Spe- well, to Norma, she, yeah, she's especially. bit into that that possibility. Yeah, of really so, impressing this critic too.
0: Um, even to the point where Hank, uh, the, the Toad, is the the regular customer. at One of the. the I thought he was a cook, um, who was also a customer.
1: Because I thought no. in one of the episodes. He was in the back already. Well, he's in
0: the back in this episode, yes. eating the soup and <laughs> or something, and Norma has to usher him out because they want him out. They they don't want him to embarrass them. That's yeah. what I'm getting the, the sense that he's a he's a regular who's maybe a bit messy yeah. or unkempt, and they don't want him to ruin the image. His name's
1: Toad. Come well, on. yeah, <laughs>
0: right. So so they kick him out, but yeah, that's all Hank's doing as yeah. well, which is yeah. it's sweet.
1: And then at the end, you do find out who this. Well, man is. Well, yes,
0: but let's just wait a minute because okay. the so. When he's in the bathroom, we pan over to Donna and Maddie having a conversation. Oh,
1: I totally, I didn't take any notes on that. Yeah, so Donna and Maddie are
0: are meeting for the first time since uh, Donna's blow up about Maddie and James uh, hugging in Mm -hmm. the Palmer living room. Yes, that's right. And uh, they're talking about uh, Donna finding Laura's secret diary. Mm -hmm. And Donna wants Maddie's help in figuring out what, or getting it back, figuring out what's in it. And... uh, I don't think they want James involved. I think Donna has been well, burned I'll, by this, and oh that's, yeah, doesn't that's,
1: Donna say like you tell James about it on her way out or something? She kind something of something like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, but anyway, uh, it's it's clear she's oh, she's gotta... upset about their relationship and where it's heading, but she still needs help, so yeah. she's come to Maddie for this, and that will be the driving force for this little Nancy Drew plotline that they have.
1: Yeah, And I I did have one note about this. It's just Maddie seems so tired of dealing with this shit already. Yeah, she is. I've been here a week and I've gotten involved in like four... Different little schemes of ours yeah. that have gone nowhere. It's I
0: cannot wait to go back to Missoula.
1: <laughs> so true, poor daddy. Yeah. Um. So then, then we pan back to.
0: Yes, then we get we get Hank, Hank committing identity theft. Yes, which I it's just it's so funny that that he's so nice and he's so sweet and he's so helpful and then he roots through this guy's pockets and pulls out his his ID badge and you find out that it's it's the state the prosecutor, prosecutor uh, Daryl Lodwick, which great name. name yeah for
1: a, a great name for a prosecutor he is, yeah <laughs> that's you <who. laughs>
0: <laughs> crediting harvey with that as well <laughs> that was that was his idea but yeah. um anyway so yeah just minor identity theft yep. nothing major well, he's ahead
1: of his time i mean who would have done that in the 90s i mean usually hank jennings hank jennings in innovator yeah innovator extraordinaire in the criminal yep. criminal world uh, so this we, is
0: the scene where we get Harry and Josie, yeah, so, so we back jump back to the and... blue pine, and uh, Harry is super suspicious of everything Josie's telling him, even though she's come back bearing thousands of dollars worth of clothes, and she makes a comment about, I heard the salesperson say, the only reason we're still in business is because Josie Becker buys retail. So he he's... Even with all of that, he's still very suspicious because she was so scared, and then there was a fire, and then Catherine's missing, presumed dead, and Josie's disappeared, and he's like, "What happened? What's really going on?" And she does play this scene. I, I hesitate to say that she's totally manipulating him because I do think she was legitimately scared, but I also think that she isn't as scared as she's. Why would she be scared? Well, she was scared of, for her life because she thought Catherine and Ben were scheming to but kill she, her. No, but she but was scheming, with ben, she was kill scheming kill with ben to kill her. She knew
1: about Catherine's scheme already, and she was she was playing Catherine the whole time. So I don't think I don't well, know see, how this, she this was, was
0: again. I I don't I don't know. The Mill plot is over. Let's just leave okay. it, where it where it belongs. See, I,
1: I don't. I don't think she had any reason to be scared. If anybody's scared in this world, Josie's the last one at this point. No, because I know. we as we find out right away, Josie is not one to be trifled with. No. Um and so I find she's just playing him like a fiddle. To me oh, she is. Yes. To me, or in my view, uh, in my mind, Josie and Truman is a relationship purely of convenience for Josie to protect her from any potential threats you don't think there's any love there at all? No, and it's because of here and how she plays him like a fiddle in the scene. As soon as he confronts her, she just deflects and tries to evade. And then as soon as he's like, oh, well, he pushes a little bit. He pushes just a little bit. And she goes, oh, how can you think that about Mm -hmm. me? And he breaks like a twig. He is so weak in the scene. It's one of my least favorite. uh, I mean, it's kind of cool, though, because Truman has this fatal flaw in my mind Mm -hmm. of, being weak with women who push back at him. I mean, she t- tells him to tear her, her brand new uh, yeah lingerie or lingerie yeah what, a chemise oh, a nightgown not, a nightgown of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he does it, and that's like seals the deal for him. He's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Well,
0: is it? I mean, I this comes up again in f- a few future episodes, which I'm I'm not going to get into too many spoilers. But there's a nice parallel I think being set up between. Uh, you, you talked about Truman's fatal flaw. And I think it really is about him needing to save Josie. He wants to be her protector. Ah, yes, yes. And, and I think that's when he's most attracted to her is when she's vulnerable and she needs his protection. And that's, mm. so she cries and she breaks down and, and he's going to be the tough guy who swoops in and makes love to her and makes everything all right. Yeah. And that's... But that's, she knows...
1: She's just playing I, him for that. I yeah. think
0: you're right. I, I think you're right. I think maybe there is some slight affection. Maybe she's developed. But I think... Yeah. Like, you'd have to kind of like the person you're... I, I don't... Maybe you don't. I don't know. Yeah. I've never done this. Yeah. <laughs> I've never played someone
1: <laughs> no, that like well. this.
0: But... Uh, but, yeah, she's very...
1: I don't know. Yeah. No, she's great in this scene, though. Uh, and then you also get, at the end of this... This super creepy shot of the Asian businessman who's appeared in the last few episodes, yes, watching through the slats of the the window as the lightning goes off in the background.
0: Just it's very film noir, yeah, it's very just horror film, yeah,
1: but it's fitting with the rest of Twin peaks and looking through slats. Well, yeah,
0: and, and like the horizontal slats David Lynch loves that. Even though he's not involved in this episode, it's still it's a, a motif nod that they to him. Use, yeah. Yes. So, so someone on the outside looking through, spying on someone, that voyeurism uh it's yeah, definitely a motif that's that's used again and again in this show. Um so, yes, back at the sheriff station, we get this uh this very interesting couple of scenes here. And uh, this is when Sheriff Truman uh, introduces Judge Sternwood yes, to you're Agent right. Cooper. Yes, it was not earlier. Um, and and Judge Sternwood also uh, talks to Lucy mm-hmm. and tries to console her. This is where she where Judge Sternwood comes in. It's not earlier. This is his first scene. Really? Yes. Earlier oh, on, they yes. were talking Yes, he just described
1: him. him. Yeah. Okay, so everything we said about the earlier scene apply to this one now.
0: Yes. Um, yeah. So this is this is uh, Judge Sternwood. Very similarly to Agent Cooper picks up on Harry's Philly troubles, yeah. as he calls it, because Harry has just come back from screwing Josie Packard, yeah. um, which is interesting that, that these two, uh, Judge Sternwood and Agent Cooper are being set up as intuitive and but also these, you know. Well, yeah, like, The Last Frontiersman, and Cooper fits into that somewhere, too. Yeah, like there's yeah. a curiosity and there's a natural drive for exploration, I think, that comes yeah. out. So, I mean, the parallels there are interesting. They both think that Twin Peaks is a slice of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a nice little nice little scene where all these characters meet up, and then they go into the, the boardroom, and, uh, and Leland is brought in, and this is his bail hearing. But in between... What we happened? have
1: the appearance of Dick Tremaine. Oh
0: yes, you're right. How can we forget Dick Tremaine? I don't know.
1: You got problems, but yes. he, he appears. He walks in, and he is a, he does his namesake proud. He, yes, is he is a total dick. Well,
0: well, okay. Because at first you think, and, and it's it's kind yeah. of an overdone cliche at this point. The guy comes in. He's very ashamed. You think he's going to say one thing, and he says something completely yeah. different. Uh I love Lucy's reaction that yes. throughout this whole thing he seems so contrite and he seems like he's going to apologize and he reaches into his pocket and he and you just see on Lucy's face she's like he's going to propose yes. to me oh and and even though she has since you know the last time we saw him she's called him asinine yeah. um she wants to be married. I think that's the important thing is that Lucy just wants to be married. She wants domestic bliss. She would accept it even if it's from Dick Tremaine.
1: I, I didn't buy, I didn't take that from. Well, her
0: I I think okay. that's a that's okay. a, a drive that a lot of women.
1: Oh have. sure, but I don't think it's with Dick.
0: Oh well, I think <laughs> the way her eyes lit up when he reached in. I think her it was pocket, a surprise.
1: He's like, oh my god, he's gonna do it. Like yeah. she didn't think it, and then he doesn't.
0: <laughs> no, he pulls out a wad of cash and says <laughs> and then, it's enough to take care of the little problem, and it's six hundred and fifty dollars, which, yeah. I, I mean what's the little problem well yeah no it's an abortion which it's is the terrible. thing you can't even say
1: it's so oh i mean it's very 90s i don't think you oh, yeah. would say the word abortion. no i don't think so well you probably it would probably come up uh yeah wasn't it all in the family even Maybe. and stuff like that i'm not up? sure if
0: they said the word but, but yeah, yeah i mean it's a topic that was that was danced around a yeah. lot and so um for him to so bring he does it up, that he yes. does he danced totally around it, dances he around. cannot deal with it head on and lucy is so aghast oh her her reaction here's what you're going to do Take your money,
1: put it back in your wallet or your pocket, turn around walk through both sets of doors. The second one sticks sometimes. Go out into the parking lot, get in your car, turn the key, and never, ever speak to me again as long as you live! Say one more word, and I'll scream, please the action is is amazing she cut she just tells him to leave i never want to see you again Mm -hmm. just get take your money and go
0: or i'll scream scream.
1: and then she she almost does she holds it back when he he's he makes even the slightest motion to talk she just covers her mouth and screams into her hands and it's it's a great little
0: but he he seems so flabbergasted like he can't imagine that like he thought he was actually doing a good thing i'm like dude did you misread that situation?
1: <laughs> well, he's—he's—he's wow. he's, he's a dick. He's a dick. Yeah. So there it is. Um, oh, and Andy's listening in.
0: Oh yes. And well, yeah. He—he he hears Lucy crying in. Yeah, in, that's right. Um, Sheriff Truman's office for yeah. or something. Yeah, he
1: walks by yeah. as he's
0: walking by with Leland yeah. uh, on their way to the bail hearing in the boardroom.
1: Yes, yes. So that's the transition between yes. those two scenes. Yes.
0: Yeah. yes, the judge and Leland obviously have a history because with Leland being a trial lawyer or a lawyer at well, all, lawyer. Yeah. Um, they would have met probably several times. Mm-hmm. Um, Leland has decided to represent himself. Uh, they, the ch- uh, prosecutor, the state prosecutor, has not shown up, so they can't really discuss bail at this point um so so they're gonna yeah they'll say we'll keep you overnight and we'll do this in the morning when daryl lodwick shows up and leland is fine with that he's very contrite and he understands that this is the way the system works he's not ranting and railing like you might expect someone in his position would do um
1: i don't know he's confessed and he's yeah exactly so
0: he's like there's no reason for him he he takes it like such a responsible adult that he i almost feel like he's too calm but but it it I don't know. It's it's an interesting no, it's way true. to play it, yep. but
1: well, and so the key part of this thing is uh, the speech.
0: Well, yeah, me, yeah, the, the
1: speech that the, the judge gives about yeah. uh, the nature of justice, almost.
0: Well, yeah, and how you know it's this is on this plane, but mm-hmm. in the next world, and and tying in some some interesting spiritual elements yeah. to this that we haven't talked about. You know, we've Much. talked about this natural spirituality or natural um, mysticism with The trees and, and you know, animism and that kind of thing, but not specific religions. And here we have references to Valhalla and, and like a, another spiritual plane that resembles heaven. They've talked mm. about heaven a couple of times, like Judge Sternwood and Agent Cooper, like I said earlier, have referenced Twin Peaks and surrounding areas as being heaven, mm. but there's another heaven above that, and that's where will drink together. and yeah, once again, yeah. Yeah, like as friends and, and as equals. And uh, and Leland's response that, yeah, you know, would, would that, that it was, were so... Uh, yeah, is, It's so telling. It is, because it's almost like he knows that he's he's doomed. He yeah. knows that he's going to go to hell because he murdered Jacques Renault, you know? And yeah. Even though Jacques Renault was a bad guy. And, and he's so, like, the letter of the law states that he should have had a trial and he should have, you know... Even though he murdered my daughter, he's still he's so composed enough to recognize and have remorse for what he's done. Yeah,
1: and is this when they comment that Leland's probably going to uh, plead temporary insanity or something like that? There,
0: there is a scene when they, um, I can't remember if it was Cooper with Doc Hayward or Cooper with um, with Judge Sternwood, but they okay. do mention that 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 was a, a possibility. And it
1: makes sense, right? I mean, you you really get the sense that Leland's.
0: Well, he had a snap. He had a he had break a snap of some sort. I mean, because yeah. you
1: really don't, it's not in his character no. up to this point. You have no idea why he would do, I mean, he's upset, obviously, in that, that.
0: Well, we do have Ben and Jerry doing that that dance with him earlier. So maybe he was a little bit crazy beforehand. <laughs> sure. I mean, we he, don't yeah. know what he was like. Honestly, if <laughs> you were
1: going to fake a, a, a mental uh, illness, well, not a mental illness, well, but like a, a psychotic a, break yeah. uh, defense, Dense dancing around and crying in public would yeah. would definitely help your case. So. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's just a great lawyer. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> all Leland's doing. But I think and I think it is it I think weeks.
0: it is legit that he's Oh, he's, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's that's a yeah, a okay. very raw interpretation of it. But anyway. So. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, so then and then we meet Sid the law yes. clerk and
1: uh Well I think yeah, I just didn't use her much throughout the show. It's kind of sad because I mean, okay, she's probably not a well developed character at this point, but both her and the judge are really not used very Mm-mm. effectively for the rest of the thing i mean what role can they really serve i don't know i just like them they seem yeah. like they'd be cool characters to explore yeah no kidding. instead of james <laughs> <laughs> sorry to our james lovers of which i think there's only one Aaron. sorry about that <laughs> james getting no love here
0: um yeah but then it, it serves again for another scene with cooper uh double checking that everything's still on for the night yeah. at the roadhouse with uh truman's best man the book house boy's best man um and then here, yes, we get the Timber Queen contestants once again at the Great Northern. I think this is I'm getting it's been a little while since I watched this episode, yeah. so I'm getting my my scenes the mixed scenes up. up. But yeah. this is the scene this is where the he one, ogles yeah. the Timber Queen. I thought it was Lumber the, Queen. Can, no, it's Timber Queen. Okay. The Timber Queen contestants. Yeah. Um and he meets Tojimura. Yes. The first time we've met Tojimura, who is checking into the hotel. Yes. They Easy. have a little they have yeah. a little a little moment, uh Ben yeah, and, and Tojimura where they kind bow, kind bow and there's like a little yeah. bit of deference yeah well it's very one another. it's very nice
1: i mean the 90s early 90s were obsessed with japan because japan was going to be the economy that right. overtook america and yeah you yeah. know it was the their robots and manufacturing were the death of american right. lifestyle and everything right so japan had a whole like uh ethos about it in, in this time period and uh it really every time you yeah. see like asian characters in this one they kind of channel that a yeah, lot yeah um but especially teji morgue as a Essentially, fully Japanese character right. is kind of like this this mystical thing. So they have like everybody knows that the Japanese bow. So that's yeah. how they introduce these characters yeah. with the with the bow. bow. It's uh, it's I mean, it's pretty hokey by today's standards sure. now, but uh, at the time, I'm sure it was like, oh yeah, the the mystical Japanese people are
0: <laughs> yeah, the Japanese businessman <laughs> yeah, who um, yeah is checking in with Louis at the front desk yes and using cash cash. So Louis thinks, oh, this is this is the, this is th- Mt. ones th- yeah. right and. And uh, sets out her phone tree of yeah. contacts throughout the city yeah. or the town, I guess. Um, but, yeah, we don't get anything more about Tajimura yet, so yeah. that's where we leave them. Yeah. Um, but we get, at the Blue Pine, we meet Jonathan. Yes. The Asian man who's been lurking around for the last four episodes has a name. Yes, it's Jonathan. It's apparently. Jonathan. Cousin and Jonathan. He, cousin Jonathan. Yeah. Josie's cousin. Josie's cousin. But probably not Josie's cousin. No, no. I think they're just... <laughs> gangster he's a gangster character he's just one yeah. of those shady you he's know, the asian
1: hank basically yeah, is what he it is. comes down to yeah he is. but not nearly as
0: fun no and and he and josie have an interesting an interesting exchange that i really like because it's so different from anything else that josie has. Done yes we've seen point. yeah um, well first of
1: all they so pete introduced is introduced to this cousin right. jonathan pete i don't know he talks about like a weasel and a snake well
0: he has he has a um a, a, a stuffed weasel and a stuffed snake like they're it's on a log I yes. think, and they're in battle, a yes. snake and a weasel in battle, and I, I don't know if these are, like, we know that Pete collects fish and other animals, well, yeah, stuffed, a sort of animals yeah. are stuffed around his his house, his house. but the fact that it's a snake and a weasel, I mean, when you talk about snakes and weasels
1: they're the metaphors for right. shady people and then, and then he gives this seeds. to
0: josie and and jonathan he yeah. hands this this sculpture off to them and then leaves
1: yeah and he says something about hayseeds and manual laborers and i don't
0: that's what that's what jonathan says about oh
1: that's right yeah yes. that he's
0: so shocked about uh, Josie making it in this place because With it's full of hay seeds and manual laborers yeah. like Pete.
1: Yeah, and, but meanwhile he's holding the weasel and the
0: snake. Well, yeah, but that's a metaphor for them. <laughs> for them, exactly. Obviously. Like
1: he's—it's not like he's that positive either. It's just—it's a, a little bit of dramatic irony that the snake would call someone else, you know, a bad name when he's a snake. I don't know. if it's, Okay, stop looking at me. No, like I that. don't. You're
0: I not, don't think it's dramatic irony at all. I okay, think that's well, just what just, a snake does. Okay, sure, fine. Whatever. Anyway, Um, uh, so they have this this exchange then. So Jonathan and Josie talking about what their plan is and how there's somebody named Eckhart who's brought into the conversation and how Eckhart wants her back in Hong Kong and wants Josie back in Hong Kong. And she needs to do this within, I think he says a day or tomorrow or something like that. And is there going to be any problem? Do you have any other connections in town kind of thing? Yeah, He's she, seen yeah. her with, with Sheriff Truman, yeah. and she says, no, there's no problem.
1: And he asks, what about Truman?
0: Yeah, what about the sheriff? And she says, he
1: means nothing to me. Exactly. And he says, that's not what I meant. Right. Well, that's not what I asked. Yeah. Which is interesting because yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe there is something there, and she was overcompensating and trying to bluff that, yeah. right? Um, but he, he asks, specifically, she says, well, I need to get Pete to sign the papers because Catherine's gone. Um. For the mill, because I think right. she wants to sell the mill, take the money, give it to maybe the Zekerd character. We don't know at this point. Right. Um, but it's really kind of like another complicated plot involving Josie. Josie's really at the center of them all, mm-hmm. but this is the one that, that really defines her character for the next, well, for the rest of the season, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, she, the only complication that she can see, aside from the signature from Pete, is Hank, and and oh, Jonathan right. says he'll take care of it, which he does. Yes. Which we'll see.
1: Yes, in two scenes.
0: But first, the next scene First, the next at scene. the roadhouse with Agent Cooper meeting up with his bookhouse boyfriend, who's gonna help him deliver the money that will get Audrey back, and it ends up being
1: <gasps> Drummond. That was a terrible, Drummond.
0: Drum Sheriff Truman. Sh- Sheriff Truman himself. That's right. Yes. He
1: is the best of the bookhouse boys. He is the best of the so, boys. Yeah. So he's seen someone. that coming.
0: And and it's cute that Cooper doesn't realize that, of course, Truman is the best and.
1: Well, and he does this little, yeah, his finger point, you know, finger yeah, gun, and,
0: and, and the snap. And yeah, I love that Cooper's arranged the peanuts on the counter. Yeah, he's just so anal and yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, he's just
1: he he needs to make order of, of chaos. It's, well,
0: and that and the, uh, I'm I'm surprised that Cooper drinks. Like that's like he's gonna sit at the yeah, bar and, and play with beer. the peanuts, yeah. and he wants to buy Truman a of beer. I'm like, Cooper, you don't drink beer. Yeah. This is not your drink. I don't know. It just—it's just, yeah. it's just no, it's funny true. to see him in the roadhouse. But, but this—the this scene is kind of cute. It's another one of those bromance scenes that yeah. I really love. Oh no! My they're hashtag so Trooper—they're my favorite. It's so true. Uh, so yes, so Truman and, and Cooper are going to be the ones to presumably Solve the presumably and... Cooper is going to tell Truman what the plan is, and they're going to go off and save the day um, outside the law.
1: Yeah. Once again.
0: Once again. Yeah.
1: Terrible law enforcement. <laughs> um, so then, then we get back the to the double R, scene. and yes. this
0: this is funny on funny and sad and interesting on a lot of levels yeah. because we get uh, an Hank? intruder to yeah. the double R.
1: Well, first of all, the fact that Hank sleeps at the double R. Yeah. He's wearing his PJs when yeah. he, he gets a knock on the door. He goes out to check it. There's but no he's like,
0: "We're closed. Yeah, like, yeah. The lights are off. There's no food here. Like that's what he thinks. Yeah. Not someone's trying to break in, but." Stop bugging us. We're closed. Yeah.
1: But then he, he comes um, in and he realizes, oh, there's someone already in the building. Yes. And it's the. Uh, it's Jonathan. It's Jonathan. Yeah. And so they Who have. He proceeds
0: to beat the crap, crap out, out of him. him. Yeah. Which I thought was funny because because Hank's been in prison for 18 years. Yeah, you'd months. Think he'd learn
1: how to fight. But I mean, this he is. Was, again, he
0: spent all that time reading all those books. That's fading. true. Philosophy. What, what yeah. does he call it? Oreo philosophy? I don't know.
1: I don't remember. I, don't I really listened agree. to that clip like six times last year or the last episode. And uh, I can't remember. But, anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the fight fight scene's pretty bad. Like it, oh, sure, it's very nineties but... and again it's very much like oh the Japanese well, and it's shot have, in the
0: dark. And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the like whole... the Japanese
1: have all the mystical arts that they can yes. they can fight so much better than He
0: can see the white in the dark and do karate <laughs> and <laughs>
1: Well he has like little crappy jujitsu moves and stuff and it's just like yeah, it's not it's not a great fight scene, but you know, by any standards it was it was interesting. And it is weird because well, no, it's not weird. It's funny because Hank at the end he's just like you know what? I'm good. I'm just gonna stay here on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just gives up, yeah. throws a little towel. He's like, "You know what? You beat me." Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there's the they they the Jonathan makes him a blood brother yes. again. Yeah. Because he'd done it with Josie. Yes. And now uh, Jonathan's joining the
0: pact. I guess. I guess so.
1: It's kind of an odd. We're making
0: thing. a new one.
1: Yeah. It's hard to say. I don't
0: know. It's all weird. this all this blood, blooding. it's yeah. it's, it's it's disconcerting. Yeah. Bloodborne illnesses are a thing. Well, so. yeah,
1: I mean this is the period of AIDS. You guys got to watch out for. That. No <laughs> Just mix that stuff, um, and then don't yeah. know
0: where that's been. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, and then you get the end of the scene with the great shot of him breaking the flashlights yes, on the over, ground. To, yeah.
0: Um, and then the screen goes black. The screen goes black, and we get end credits. Yeah. Which is yeah a great way to end the episode. It's it's actually one of the better ending.
1: Yeah, things. and you really don't know like. Why why is this guy just beating up Hank? Like I mean, yeah, uh, Josie's identified him as a threat, but
0: That's pretty intense. That's pretty intense or... and
1: like he doesn't really say much. Like no, He doesn't, he say, doesn't say, "Oh, yeah, don't mess with Josie" or anything. Nope. He just he just beats him up. And then, it's kind it's kind of yeah. reminiscent of the way Hank beat up Leo.
0: Yeah, a little before,
1: bit. Before uh, Shelly shot him. Yep. Um and yeah, it's just you know, it's just there. It's just like, "Oh no, there's a new badass in town." You better yeah, watch so out. so many
0: bad people in Twin Peaks.
1: Yeah.
0: Either Small living town. there or traveling through. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, I may rethink any visits to Washington Uh, State. Yes,
1: Maybe we'll avoid the Twin Peaks uh, visits. Well, we'll see. If season three is good, (laughs) we'll do it. Yeah,
0: I guess so. But anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's been Twin Peaks for this week.
1: That's the episode.
0: And we hope that you've enjoyed it. Yes. We'll be back next week for uh, some new adventures with episode five. If you're enjoying the show and want to join the conversation, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bickeringpeaks, all one word.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter. That's at bickeringpeaks.
0: Or you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review or a comment. We'd love to hear from you.